that he is a, a healer. Yes, yes. Amen. Um, anything that's wrong with my body, I believe that he can heal it. Amen. I, I just believe him to be a deliverer. I believe him to be a right now God. I believe him to be a God that can answer prayers. I, I believe that he can do anything. Anything. Amen. Anything. Amen. And so uh, that, that's that's my testimony on today. Amen. As I prepare to go into the word, as we prepare to start a new series on today, um, just excited about what God is doing. Um, and and I, I just want y'all to know that I love you. Um, and I am always in prayer for you. Um, always desiring the best and the most for you. Um, and I and, and I love my job. I mean, it gets rough sometimes, but I love my job. I love being a pastor. Um, I love going through the valleys with you, and I love seeing y'all on the mountaintop. Like I love, I love my job. Thank you, Lord Jesus. What we do? Amen. So on, on this Sunday, we are starting a new journey, a, a new series. Um, and I got so many titles, y'all, but I think that I just, I, I think what, has, what keeps coming into my mind, I think that we just going to call it Inheritance. Amen. We just going to call this new series Inheritance. Amen. And um, what, what God wants me to express to you is what he wants me to express to you is that it is time for us to be able to, to communicate to other people the benefits of the God that we that we serve, the God that we say we love. Amen. 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 Pastor Carter used to have a saying, she would say that I'm a king's kid, right? Yeah. Yeah. That she's a king's kid. That means my father owns everything. He has everything. And that there are benefits to being in his house, right? Mm -hmm. There are benefits to belonging to Jesus. And as Christians, when people look at us, they should see it. Like, they should be see like, who, like, how? How? Why? How, like, how do, you, how do you do what you do? How do you make it? Like, why are you so blessed? Why do you look like that? Why do you have joy? Like, why? Why all of that? Like why? And too many times people don't see that when they look at Christians, right? And especially during the time that we are living in, when so many people are falling away from the faith, right? And we were taught that falling away does not mean leaving the church. Falling away don't mean leaving the church. Falling away just means right. You have you have the appearance of serving Christ. But when people look at you, they don't see what the church, they don't see the real church in you. And so because we are living in a day and a time like that, we have to be able to explain. People should see, right? They should see that we are king's kids. And we have to be able to explain the benefits of living for Jesus, of being adopted, of being grafted into his house, right? You should be able to explain to your friends why you chose Christ. Over this, like I do this this way because my father in heaven, A, B, C, D, versus you shouldn't be doing that, right? You shouldn't be doing what the world does because the world will do A, B, C, D. There are benefits to living this way. 
And so often today, people don't see the benefits of living for Jesus. They just see rules. They see hypocrites. They see pretending. So it's like, why, why would I be a Christian if y'all going to do the same thing I'm doing? Like, there's no benefit. I might as well just do what I want to do. I might as well just be in the world and have fun and live my life, right? Then do that. Because y'all don't seem happy. Y'all don't seem joyous. Y'all don't seem unstressed. Y'all seem just like I am. So I, I might as well keep doing what I'm doing if I'm going to be like that anyway. They don't see the benefit in living for Jesus. And so primarily as I go through this series, I'm going to be using two books, right? So normally I do one book at a time. I'm doing two books. I'm going to be doing 2 Samuel and I'm going to be doing Philippians, right? And I want to I want to focus on I want to focus on sonship. I want, I want like every Sunday when we leave, I want I want y'all walking out of here and be like, man, there's so many benefits to living for Jesus. Like I can't believe that I used to live another way. I can't believe I used to live another way. Like I for so long, you need to be walking out of here like I can't believe I went ten years not getting these benefits, right? When you start a new job, you want to know the benefits. You want the best insurance package. You want the best, the best dental, the best eye, right? Yeah. Right. But you have to pay for that. You have to like you, you, you get the low plan or happen. You have to pay for it. But the benefits for coming to Jesus is just a free gift. It's just because you're His child, right? You get the best benefits. And as Christians, that's how our life needs to look. Every Sunday, we need to be walking out of here singing. You know, I get the best benefits. So I wanna I wanna focus on sonship and I wanna focus on grief. And you might be saying, Why grief, Pastor? You just talked about being joyous and happy. And I want when I say grief, I want you to walk out of here feeling so good about your benefits that when you go back into the world, it grieves you to the point that you gotta tell somebody else about it. That's the grief part. Like, I'm so blessed. That I don't want to hold this to myself anymore. I need to tell my mama about it, my daddy about it, my siblings about it, because they're missing out on their benefits. They're missing out on their benefits. That needs to be our attitude. So sonship and grief. Right? So how do we go from how do we go from being like these deeply flawed individuals to being king's kids? That's the question. Right? How how do I go from being deeply flawed? And, and, and I wanna I wanna be clear, like I ain't even talking about sin right now. Because we know that being sin is the big issue, but when I like I'm talking about as Christians, because I believe everybody in here knows the Lord, right? So we know the Lord. But the main flaw that I'm talking about is we know the Lord, but we still won't trust him. That's the flaw. So how do we go from deeply flawed individuals to trust to King's kids? I'm trusting my father at all times. How do we get rid of the flaw of doubt? How do we get rid of the flaw of, of not trusting him? How do we get rid of the flaw of disobedience even though we know him? Now, I ain't even talking about the people that don't have relationships with him. I'm talking about his people. How do we get rid of the flaw, right? Amen, amen. Of just not of, of, of not exercising our benefit. How many of y'all pay for insurance and then don't go to the doctor? 
How many of y'all let your coverage last? So you like you you got this benefit, you have this thing available to you, but you don't even use it, right? And that's what we do with Jesus. So like we had this benefit available to us at all times, and we won't use it. Amen. We won't use our inheritance. We won't use what He's given us. So how do we go from being deeply flawed to members of this royal family up to being the king's kids? And what happens to our flowers? Do they just disappear, right? Do they just disappear? And so as I was preparing, I'm like, the biggest disconnect, right? Going back to this idea of people in the world not seeing the benefit of being, of being a Christian. The biggest disconnect that I see is, like, people, they don't, they don't, they don't transfer the power, right? Just like I was saying, we don't use our benefits. So every Sunday as I'm preaching or, 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 or Teacher Tara's preaching or, or Teacher Tony's teaching, even in Sunday school, and we talking about the word, right? And, and all of us, we stand up sometimes or we write stuff down sometimes. We say, hmm, that's a nugget, right? Because that, that word is good to us, right? Those are the benefits. That, that's favor when God talks to you and he gives you gives you his word and he gives you instructions. And we write stuff down and we're excited, right? And then we turn around and don't use what we just learned, what we just wrote down. We don't use it. Right? We, we, we won't use it. And so that's the biggest disconnect. It's not that we don't have the benefits. We don't use them. We don't apply the power that's in the word to our life. We like, man, somebody stand up preaching, pastor preaching about how good God is and his power, and then we walk outside and we make God powerless. We don't use it. Pastor just told me, right, that, that my faith can move a mountain, and then we walk outside and don't use it. Pastor just told me that by his stripes we heal, and then we walk outside and don't use it. Pastor just gave me this anointing oil, use it up, use it all the time. But we walk outside and don't use it. We don't do it. We don't follow instructions. Right? So we got all of these benefits, but we don't use them. And that's the biggest problem with Christians today. They don't exercise what the word says. We don't use what we learn. And so I I, want to... I've been reading this over and over again, and I hope that I pray that I explain it how God wants me to. Right? So I have a question for y'all. And I want you to think about this. What are you actually doing? Right? What are you actually doing for God? So faith and favor. Faith and favor is about hearing God and responding to his word in action. God speaks to you, you obey. What are you actually doing? Not what you're thinking about doing. What are you actually doing? Right? Not doing so in the sense of consciously trying, because that's our thing. Like, we go to God and say, God, I'm trying. Right? We go to God and say, God, I'm trying. Right? And I'm, I'm getting ready to set the bar high for y'all right now. And, I'm, I, and this is to me first. How many of y'all are trying to breathe right now? You are consciously trying to breathe. You're thinking about breathing. Let me take my next breath. Let me take my next breath. 
Let me take my. Are you are you trying to do that or do you just do it? You just do it. And so if that's how we are, if we are, the, if if the word says that God breathed the breath of life into us, and we don't have to consciously try to do it, we just do it because He made us that way. Why is it so hard for us to just obey? Because He made us to love Him. Because He made us. To fellowship with him. And that's why I say, I know I'm setting the bar high, but I'm setting it high for myself. I told God, like, make my holiness, right, my first thought and not my second thought. Make holiness the first thought for me. Like, make holiness second nature to me, like breathing and not my, not like, not let me have to sit there and wrestle for 15 minutes before I decide the holy option. Right, that's where I'm trying to get to. That's pressing towards the mark of Christ, right? That's what I'm trying to get to. Where holiness is my first thought and not my second thought. Right? So I want I want my holiness to be natural. Right? So spiritually, God does not have reservations. And I'm going somewhere with it. He doesn't have reservations about your flaws. His issue is how we respond to our flaws. And what I mean by that is God knows that you are not perfect. So he don't care about that. All he wants is when I show you that something is wrong, then respond accordingly. Fix it. God say, I can use a deeply flawed individual. And so that's 2 Samuel. That's Daniel. Or not Daniel. That's David. He says, right, David, when we read David, David was messed up. But then God turns around and says, David is a man after my own heart. So God is saying, I can use a deeply flawed individual. I just need that individual to respond when I show him or her her flaws. So you don't have to be perfect, but when God shows you something, Respond accordingly. Amen. He said, I can use you. So David was a deeply flawed individual, yet God said that David was a man after God's own heart. So in 1 Kings 15 and 5, um, this is when basically God decides not to cut off David's line. He decides, I'm not going to cut off your inheritance. I'm going to allow your, I'm going to allow your kids to live. But if you're reading that, if y'all remember when we when we went through First Kings, when you're reading that, you realize that all his descendants were evil, right? They just kept doing wickedness, one after next after next. But God said, "I'm not going to cut, I'm not going to cut your descendants off." And He says, "The Lord did this because David had done what pleased Him and never disobeyed any of His commands, except." In the case of Uriah the Hittite, when he slept with Bathsheba, God said, that's the only time that you didn't obey me. That's the only time that you didn't obey me. And when you might be saying, well, there's some other stuff in there that David did that was kind of funny. But that was the one time where David did not repent on his own accord, that God had to come and, and send a prophet to rebuke him. So what that means is, David had the type of heart that when I do wrong, and God, you show me you I do wrong, I'm, you're not, you're not going to have to drag me to repentance. I'm going to do it automatically. And that's what I'm talking That's what I'm trying to get to. I'm trying to get to the point where my holiness is automatic. Where God, you don't have to drag me to repentance anymore. 
You don't, you don't have to send 20 people telling me the same thing for 10 years before I decide to get out of my cycle. Yes, Lord. And so here's another question for you today as you go throughout your life. And the question is, are you are you battling? Because all of us have battles. But are you battling for, reve- uh, for um, relevance or revelation? Are you just trying to be relevant? Right? You just want people to see you. You want your way. You want to be heard, right? You want to be recognized. You want to feel important. You want to feel like you made it. Are you battling for relevance or are you battling for revelation? So I told God, as I was writing this, I told God, I said, God, I need revelation. And let whoever has an ear to hear it, hear it. I no longer want revelation. Yes, Relevance, excuse me, is too fleeting. Yes, it goes way too fast. Yes, and the grave does it effortlessly. Right? When you die, people remember you for so long. Right? Until the people that knew you were passed away. And then the folks that come after them don't know that you ever existed. Amen. So everything that you went through life trying to accomplish, it don't matter no more. And that's what the word means when it says everything except the word of God. Everything except the word of God is going to burn. Nothing else is going to last. And so, I'm I'm almost there, y'all. So here's your Philippians. This is Philippians 1, 29 and 30. And I want to talk about the benefits of serving God. And this is Paul talking. And Paul says, for you have been given the privilege, that's the benefit. We have to understand that as Christians, it is a benefit to know Jesus. It is a prize. It is a reward. Something that you do not deserve. God God has been like, like, I don't don't want you talking to me. Right? He could have just shunned you. He could have closed the door in your face. So it's a privilege to know you. So it says, you have been given the privilege of serving Christ, not only by believing in him. And that's where a lot of us stop. We think and we say, well, I believe in Jesus. We good, right? But it goes past it. It says, not only by believing in him, but also by suffering for him. It is a privilege. It is a privilege to go through this life, to have things happen to you for God to respond to your cry and give you the assurance that this crying only gonna last for a little while. Some people don't some people there's somebody out there right now that is suffering and they do not have a hope in eternity. Right? They think that this this is all that there is and they don't have nowhere to turn. They don't have any answers. They don't have any response to the pain that they in. So it is a privilege, right, to have God respond to us while we are down here on this earth knowing that this is only going to last before a little while. So Paul says it's not only about believing, but also by suffering. So he says once you understand this, listen to what Paul says, now you can take part with me in the battle. Until you understand that, until you understand that it is a privilege just to know him 
And that everything that happens in your life, even the suffering, is a blessing until you understand that you can't step on the battlefield. You can't serve. You can't serve. And the reason that you can't serve is because you're going to go out there on the battlefield trying to help somebody that's in pain and you're going to start crying because you don't have no power and you don't have no strength and you don't know how to pray and you don't have no morals and you wishy-washy and you bouncing back and forth. So until you can lie, until you can actually be strong enough to carry somebody's weight, even while you're suffering, how can you serve? You can't. So one of the benefits of, of, of one of the benefits of being a king's kid is that in your weakness, now listen now, in your weakness, when you down on the floor crying, God says, I will make you strong. He says, I'm gonna use that weakness to make you strong. When you in the world, when you weak, you weak. Ain't no strength coming from nowhere. But that's the benefit of being in Christ. Even when I'm told down and I'm at my worst, God, you will still make me strong. That is a benefit. Lord, I thank you. He says, now you can take part with me in the battle. It is the same battle you saw me fighting in the past. And as you hear, the one that I am still fighting is always got to be Jesus. And that's why God asks us, are we fighting for relevance or revelation? Right? It's always, whenever it becomes about you and your relevance, whenever it becomes about you and your feelings, whenever it becomes about you and what you want, the revelation stops. God be like, I can't talk to you because you want to talk to me. Like I'm not about, I'm not about to compete. Like I'm not about to compete in a conversation with me having to talk over you. Either you want me to talk to you and give you revelation, or you can keep being relevant. You can keep being what's important right now, or you can listen to me. Thank you, Lord. So being a king's kid is a benefit to suffer. Because the Bible tells us that when we come out of our trials, how do we come out? Shining like gold. When you're in the world and you go through your suffering, how do you come out? You come out beat up, broken, bruised. So that's a benefit that, like, because the Bible says it rains on the just and the unjust alike, right? So that means everybody going to have a rainy day. But how it, the benefit is how you going to come out of your day. How you gonna come out of your rainy day? I'm gonna come out slippery, wet, the anointed, right? You just gonna come out sad like the temptation. I wish it would rain. So nobody could see the, 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 the tears. You hurt. Right? How you gonna come how you, how are you gonna come out of your rainy day? Are you gonna come out stronger? Or are you gonna come out with baggage, broken, hurting, toe down? Paul says that there is a greater battle, right? There's a greater battle. So just being here, being present, is the greater battle. The first battle is just getting to know Jesus. Realize the first battle is, is internal. The first battle is just saying, Lord, I need you. But Paul says it doesn't stop with just believing. 
then it turns to suffering. That's the greater battle, right? And I'm gonna explain to you what, what he means. Listen to what he says. And I want y'all to like that. I want you to think, do I think like this? Paul says, this is the 23rd, 26th verse. He says, I am pulled in two directions. I want very much to lead this life and to be with Christ, which is a far better thing. How many of y'all feel like, man, if I could, I would just die right now and be with Jesus? You that comfortable with them? You that comfortable with them? You that comfortable that if something happens to your kids, they're going to be all right? But you found all this, all this, your job and your house, and you want to be married and all that. That's cool and all, but I, I would much rather be with Jesus right now. Can you say that? Right? That's what Paul said. He said, I'm pulling in two directions. Right? The reason that Paul can say that is because the first battle has been won. He knows he, he, he knows he needs Jesus, and he knows that he has a hope after this life. So there's nothing to be afraid of. So then he turns to the second battle, which is just being down here on this earth and suffering, right? He says, but for your sake, it is much more important that I be alive. So he's pulling in two directions. He's saying, I would love to be with Jesus, but I also love my brothers and sisters so much that I don't know if I'm quite ready to go yet. He says, there's a battle going on. And I love my brothers and sisters so much. There's so many people out here that don't know you yet. Don't, they don't have the hope that I have. They don't trust in you like I trust in you. And I love them so much that I feel kind of wrong for leaving. Even though, Lord, I'm okay with going with you, I feel kind of bad for leaving because I got work to do. I got to tell these people about the benefits of serving you. Because I know, at, regardless, at the end of the day, I'm going to be all right. But what about the people that don't know you? What about them? Maybe I should stay here for a little bit longer. He says, so, but for your sake, it's much more important that I remain alive. I am sure of this. And so I know I will stay. I will stay with you all to add to your progress and joy in the faith, so that I am, so that when I am with you again, we will have even more reason to be proud of me in your life in union with Christ Jesus. And so, what that is, right? So, at the time that Paul is writing this, he's in jail. So he's saying, right? I could, like, I mean, I'm in real pain right now, y'all. I'm locked up. I would much rather just like be out of this jail, just die and go be with Jesus. But I'm going to hold on a little bit longer. I'm going to continue suffering in this jail cell because I know that eventually God is going to reunite us. And that should be our same mindset about living down here. Right? Even though we're in this world where all this bad stuff happened, I'm going to stay down here and I'm going to tell everybody I know about the benefits of Jesus. Right? Because eventually I know we will be reunited in heaven. In eternity, Paul was excited about the benefits of, like, I could just be selfish and just go be with Jesus right now and leave y'all down here, but I'm going to stay because I know if y'all just would grab onto these benefits, then all of this pain and stuff ain't going to matter in the end. We can be together, we can be reunited. Right? 
So I'm gonna I'm gonna end with with this. I'm gonna pick this up and then I'll speak it in the name of He says this is the this is the number one benefit of, of being in Jesus. This is Philippians 2, 1 through 11. Your life in Christ makes you strong. Now listen to the benefit. And his love comforts you. Y'all know anybody that's out of this week right now? Jesus. And his love comforts you. Y'all know anybody out there that needs comfort? They need Jesus. You have fellowship. How many of y'all know somebody that needs a friend? They need Jesus. And his, you have fellowship with the Spirit. And you have kindness and compassion for one another. How many of y'all know somebody that needs a little kindness? A little compassion? Paul says, I urge you. I urge you then to make me completely happy by having the same thoughts, sharing the same love, and being one in soul and mind. So y'all keep in mind that he is talking to Christians. Would you say that Christians today have the same thoughts, the same love, and being being one in soul and mind? And that's what I mean. People don't, they don't see the benefit of living for Jesus because they don't see Christians like operating with the same love. Paul says, don't do anything from selfish ambition. Trying to be relevant. Right? Don't do anything from selfish ambition or from, or from a cheap desire to boast. But be humble towards one another. Always considering others better than yourself. You cannot serve if you're not willing to put your enemy in front of you. Because that's the love of Christ. And the love like Christ. So people need the love of Christ. They don't need your love. How did your how did your love work out for you? You needed a you needed a deeper love, right? Amen. Amen. Like you need like that song, you didn't need that ordinary love. Because how, how, how does ordinary love normally work out? If love was like man, like if God was like man, how would that work out for you? So people don't need your love. They need the love of Jesus. So you cannot serve if you're not willing to put your enemy before you. Look out for one another's interests and not just for your own. The attitude you should have is the one that Christ Jesus had. Right? He always had the nature of God. He always had the nature of God, but did not think that by force he should try to remain equal with God. Instead of this, of his own free will, he gave up all that he had and took the nature of a servant. He became like a human being and appeared in human likeness. He was humble and walked the path of obedience all the way to death, his death on the cross. 
For this reason, God raised him to the highest place above and gave him the name that is greater than any other name. There is nobody greater that a person can call on than the name of Jesus. That is a benefit. That when you get in any type of situation, there is a name and a power that is greater than any other name and power that you can call on. And so in his and so in the honor of the name of Jesus, all beings in heaven, on earth, and in the world below will fall on their knees, and all will openly proclaim that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. So I I I, I, I said I was gonna stop and I am gonna stop, but I wanna I wanna I wanna drop this nugget. It's wonderful. You can get ready for the house call. So I need y'all to understand what Jesus actually gave up. Like he came from there. He came from being with the Father. And he came down here. The word says that he had the nature of God. That means he was God. He, had, he was made of the same stuff that God was made of. Right? He had the nature. The Bible tells us in Genesis that we were made in the image, right? We don't have the nature. We were just made in the image, right? So that means Jesus is the real thing. We are knockoff, right? The image. We are knockoff. We're just made in the image. He did not think it was robbery, and neither do we, right? So he didn't think it was robbery. He could have been like, I'm made of the same stuff that you made of, so I'm God, right? He actually had the nature. We just had an image, but we try to pretend like we God. Y'all understand what I'm saying? So I'm saying that so you understand what he what he gave up. He left his throne. But that's how humble he was. He actually had he actually had a point. Like, why should I give up my Godship to go down there and be like them? He actually, we don't have no point, but we try to be the boss. Because we're not the real thing. He was the real thing and he was willing to give it up. He was willing to humble himself. And not just a, not just a faith humbleness, but all the way to the cross. And that's why I asked y'all that question. How many of y'all could say today that, you know, I'm good. I'm much rather be with Jesus than you came today. That's the mind that was in Christ Jesus. And the only way you can have that mind is when you really have a hope, when you know where you're going. Like, I don't have to worry about this. Because I know where I'm going. He was made of the form, and he looked like the fashion. Everything God was and is, he emptied himself of it so that he would look like one of us with all our weakness and all our brokenness. So not only did he give up who he was, he said, I'm going to take on the same form that y'all got. I'm going to be broken, weak, and just like you. I'm going to turn myself into a counterfeit. I'm going to give up. I'm going to strip myself of the real thing, and I'm going to make myself like one of y'all. So that when y'all see me live this thing out, you'll know that it can be done. You'll know that it can be done. And so what he did 
for us is the only reason and it's the only way that we can get to our inheritance by Jesus. He's the way, he's the truth, he's the life. And no one will see the Father. Right? So his life, he was he gave us the blueprint. He said, if y'all want to get back, if y'all want to get back to Eden, if y'all want to get back to the Father, if y'all want to imagine not made by hand, if you want to get your inheritance, if you want to get your riches and glory in heaven, this is the way to do it. He said, if I be lifted up, I will draw all men to me. So as Christians, when we don't when we don't see people in if we don't see people in the world being drawn to Jesus, is it safe to say that he's not being lifted up? So the way to your inheritance is through Jesus. We got to be like him. We got to be like him. And there are benefits to being like Jesus. That's what this series is going to be about. There are benefits to being like Jesus. A lot of problems that you have, you need to start exercising your benefits. You need to start being like Jesus, and then you can see the benefit of why why God says the things that He's saying. Right? He was suffering. The word saying He never said a the word. Okay. 